You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, hello again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up for Friday, March the 10th. 2017. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us again this Friday is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Um, another tough week, but uh, lots of interesting things going on that uh, I'm sure we'll have lots of time to chat about. And before we get started, just to remind everyone that these weekly wrap-ups are brought to you by the Sprott Money Precious Metal Storage Program. We have five international storage vaults and the most competitive prices in the industry. Please visit our international storage page at SprottMoney.com to learn more. Eric, uh, this morning brought us the latest February, I guess we'll call it February jobs report, as they say here in the U.S. wasn't as strong as maybe some had expected, and, and hourly earnings weren't quite as high as everybody was expecting. What do you make of the numbers this morning? Well, Craig, you know, the one thing I wonder about these, the ADP number, which was very strong, and then this number that was stronger than expected, it's funny how people don't think about, well, what was the weather like in February this year versus any other normal year? And I suspect that it was somewhat more benign this year than last year, which tends to cause the the seasonal adjustment to uh, to misstate what the adjustment should be. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, as we move into March and April, whether we have had an abnormal uh, pickup in employment because of the lack of severe winter weather, which I suspect there has been a lack of severe winter weather um, uh, across the board. Right. Uh, and to your point that the, uh, the wages only went up 0.2%, in the month, that again is a weak number that points to 2.4% a year. I mean, that is so weak uh, versus inflation, which I think now is above 2.4%. So, so no one's making any progress here, uh, notwithstanding the supposed strong number in, um, in, in uh, February. But it'll be interesting to see whether the seasonal adjustments had a huge, has had an outsized impact on this number this month. You're right. No one has mentioned the weather in the coverage that I've seen. And that's an excellent point because down here in the States, it was very warm February and they were trumpeting this morning all of the construction jobs that were added. Well, that probably had a lot to do with it. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, and of course, you get to seasonally adjusted too, right? Because it's supposed to be a very tough month. Right. So who knows? And nobody's going to tell you that the seasonal adjustments, you know, were the factor here because everyone wants to believe that the number's great. The only telling thing is the, the wage increases weren't there. So we'll uh, we'll have to stand by and, uh, you know, maybe yell in the increases rates because of this. But there's lots of other data which are kind of soft these days, whether it's, you know, miles driven or industrial production or, you know, new orders, things like that, which, which aren't quite con- dur- durable goods orders, which aren't confirming uh, the uh, the labor numbers. So we'll see. Eric, to your point, the, the hard data doesn't seem to suggest that after no rate hikes for seven or eight years, all of a sudden we get two in 90 days. GDP in the U.S. in 2016 was the lowest it had been since 2011. And the forecasts here for the first quarter of 2017 are only at plus 1.2%, hardly anything. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. we have to address what do you think uh, Yellen's motivation is? Is she worried about inflation or, or is, are there other motives behind all of this? Well, you know, there's a debate going on. Well, first of all, I agree with your point. The Atlanta Fed is down to 1.2%, okay, because I think inventories are declining. 
and then therefore you don't get that uh, effect on uh, GDP. So 1.2%, and we're supposed to think that we need to raise rates. The only reason you'd raise rates with 1.2% is to try to get back to somewhere near normal, because we're so far from normal, it's a joke. But if you had to do it on the face of, you know, the, the economy's too strong, that, would, that argument would, uh, would not hold sway here. Uh, the other uh, point of discussion, and I don't know whether I subscribe to this or not, is that maybe Yellen and Mr. Trump are having a bit of a uh, bit of a match up here. And uh, of course, if she starts raising rates, you know that the effect on the economy is negative. And we've already seen the rates in the in the true market. Uh, the, you know, the five year, the two year, the ten year, the thirty year—they've gone way way up here. So the Fed, in, in reality, is behind the curve anyway. Um, and when you get those kind of rate increases, I mean, the effect on housing and car sales is going to be immediate here. Uh, so uh, it's hard to justify the rate increase in my mind unless it's just the Fed saying, hey, the market's already adapted to these rates. I guess we better go along because we're pretending that we're holding rates down, but the market's gone up, so let's just catch up with the market here. That's, I suspect, what's really happening. Let me get your opinion on the uh, current state of the of the gold and the silver price. We've, gosh, I don't know how many times, Eric, we've talked about how so, you know, this year looks so much like last year and the reaction to the last interest rate hike, and, and they're kind of mirror images of each other. Well, here we are, the last, really, I guess, since the Fed made it clear they're going to hike rates next week, Gold's been down every single day, and silver's down considerably as well. And again, it's it's almost identical to what happened in November of 2015 and November of 2016. So, is it would it be a stretch to right. think that maybe gold might rally out of this rate hike uh, that's coming on Wednesday? Well, it, it wouldn't be extraordinary to think that because, as you point out, it's, it's rallied every other time there's been a rate increase. Of course, the one thing that you need to have the authorities say as well. What we'd really prefer is, is gold guys is one and done. Uh, but even if they said, well, you know, we're going to have one, but the economy's not that strong. And, you know, yes, we're still have a couple more maybe in the wings here. But some some suggestion of a little bit of dovishness after this uh, rate increase. Um, but, yeah, gold, gold and silver can certainly go up in the face of, of a rate increase. It's so de minimis. It's not really making anything more appealing uh, to gold. And, of course, the the negative impact, as I've already stated, is that it's going to weigh on the economy here. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm a total believer that uh, gold can rally. I think it's so North American-focused that we forget that there's, there's other parts of the world that are way more important to the gold market, the, the real physical market, than the U.S. market. And, of course, we have this crazy setup in the States where, particularly last week, I mean, the, the commitment of traders' numbers were so egregiously bearish, it was a joke, where, you know, the commercial banks shorted like $5 billion worth of gold just last week mm-hmm. to hold the price where it was. Weekend of Tuesday last week. And, you know, these guys, unfortunately, you know, you and I have discussed it in many, many forums how, they can, in the short term, affect the price, which they have. And they will continue to do so until one of two things happens. They cover their short or the physical market makes them change. So um, we'll see you know, how much uh, short covering has been done here. 
have they scared out the uh, the uh, professional traders, uh, the hedge funds, and so on? Uh, and then we get a more normal semblance of uh, the setup in the commodity markets. Uh, and or do we get some kind of uh, improvement in physical demand? And there are signs of it, Craig. We had uh, suggestions that if the February imports of gold into India were 98 tons, which would be a stunning number. And that's almost 1,200 tons a year. Last year they consumed, I think it was 750 tons for the year. And the premiums in India uh, are like $1 or $2, which is very unusual, so they've moved up. The premiums in China are strong. So I think there's lots of reason to think that the, the, physical, the physical markets, and, and most of them are not in the U.S., not in North America, are still quite strong. We have the whole geopolitical thing in Europe, which is we're, we're coming to some of these, uh, these votes here where things could change very, very dramatically. So we got lots of things that argue for uh, better precious metal prices going forward. I think the last question I have for you today, Eric, is the action in the shares. We've been noting that now for, I guess it was three weeks ago, that the shares seemed to top out, at least uh, so far, for the year. And they were yep. under pressure before the metals came under pressure. Uh, the metal, uh, the yep. shares have tried to hang in there a little bit better this week. But I think uh, on most indices, they're now down for the year, year to date. Uh, what are your thoughts at yep. this point for those that are out there trying to trade these things? Well, you know, it's interesting, Craig. Let's just imagine that what we believe the commercials do is true and organized. Well, if it's true and organized, you know that they're, they're going to start shorting the share, the gold share indices before they knock the price of gold down. That's what they do. Because with a mere 5% decline in the price of gold, the shares go down 20%, if not more. So that's when people see, when we saw that 10% knock in the GDX, GDXJ one day, out of nowhere, when the price of gold was down like $3, you go, okay, something's going on here because this is way outsized, this decline here. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if, if it truly was being manipulated and orchestrated, that's exactly what they do. And uh, to your point, I think we should start watching the, uh, the gold uh, ETF indices and see if they start rallying here. That'll be a tip-off that, okay, they're going to take the, uh, the foot off the accelerator and uh, we'll see prices going back up again. But, it, yes, it's been disappointing that we had these beautiful gains. And now, they, for the most part, uh, a lot of them have been lost. But, you know, we could get a very uh, small increase in the price of gold and silver here, and these shares will rally very powerfully. So we'll all stand by on that. I, you know, I always fall back in the long-term perspective. The demand is good. The reads don't go that good. The Ponzi continues. Uh, the whole entitlement wave, the tsunami keeps coming in, and one pension after another has a problem. And, you know, none of this stuff is going to go away, so... For those of us uh, persuaded to own in the medium to long term, we have nothing to be concerned about because everything's going our way. Well, and it is going to be a long year. It is just early March, and we're going to get this FOMC behind us next week, and then we will see where we go from there. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a far more interesting end of the year as we go through the year. That A lot of stuff that maybe folks aren't expecting to happen will come to pass. We'll just have to wait and see. And Craig, Craig I was going to say, you know, we got the uh, the debt limit coming up next week too, right? So yes. uh, that's going to be, an, that's one of the things that, that we probably should have discussed. This whole difficulty that Trump is having, getting things passed. I mean, it just looks to me as I assess it that, oh my God, 
the trade things falling off the table, the wall might have fallen off the table, the Medicare things falling off the table, uh, the Taxes. tax breaks have fallen off the table. Like, you know, we're not making any progress here. There's a lot of talk, but when you go and you have to get something passed, and you get a few Republicans that are digging in because they're conservatives or because they're liberals or because of something, and of course the Democrats on mass are going to vote, vote against it, things just out of political considerations, it's going to make life very difficult. So the whole, uh, you know, Trumponomics or Trump mania, it looks to me like this is uh, sort of falling on the the rocks and the shoreline here a little. And and what we all might have hoped for is not going to happen any too quickly. Oh, that's an excellent point. And it, it, it feeds right into that idea that this year is not going to be quite as predictable as some would have you believe. And uh, we're just going to have to wait it out and see where we go, particularly as soon as we get by next Wednesday. So, uh, Eric, thank you, you so much. It. Thank you so much for your time this morning. It's always a pleasure to visit with you, and I hope you have a great weekend. And you too. Thanks, Greg. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. 